1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about off-grid firefighting. Now, basically what I mean by that is, uh, well, there's no fire department. Um, you're either in the middle of nowhere or you the end of the world has come and when you call 911... There's actually no dial tone, so you mm-hmm. really you hit you the just, buttons. It just doesn't luck. doesn't do anything, and so that's what I'm looking for. Because believe it or not, um, you're kind of exposed um, in the end of the world because all of a sudden people start cooking right with fire. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably firing up that wood stove. Uh-huh. You, I mean, I know when I go camping and, and did the Boy Scout thing, there's pretty much a fire going 24-7. Right. Um, I don't know if you guys, if you're maybe a member of the Prepping Badass group, mm-hmm. um, turns out there might be some adversaries out there that would, like, Molotov cocktails. Yeah, no, like I did hear something about uh, napalm. Napalm. Who knows what's going to happen. So I'm just saying, you know, things might catch on fire. You might have the drummer from Spinal Tap might be yeah. coming over for tea. You're uh, having tea and biscuits. <laughs> tea and biscuits, and the guy just bam combusted. Spontaneous combustion. <laughs> so you there's know. nothing left of your house except a little green gobula. <laughs> the little green. So <laughs> yeah, you, the, the bunch of you that are too young to understand what that is, but mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I don't know what to tell you. I'm an old man and I laugh at my own stupid jokes. So either way, fire is a real thing and it's a big deal when you can't do something about it. Right. Um, it really, it's something you need to be aware of. Uh, one of the things, so now fires, like I said, they could be man-made or natural disaster. Um, there, there's some things we can do to prevent it. 
Now, one, you want to think about like dead trees and brush and right. crap around your house. You want to be aware of it. You hear these commercials with Smokey the Bear or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like dead leaves up in the gutter or whatever. This is stuff. No, I don't expect you to be cleaning your gutters during the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. What I do expect is you kind of be on top of these things now right. and clearing away, you know, brush and crap away from your house. Mm-hmm. You also want to think about where your fuel stockpile is. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe uh, you want it in those uh, old school jerry cans that are metal and you mm-hmm. can seal up. Um, maybe you want it in a shed out away from your house. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want it out away from your house where somebody can sneak in in the night and steal it all? Well, these are the things you need to think about. Right. But you don't want to be have your fuel stockpile right off your kitchen. I can tell mm-hmm. you that. Um, when you do have like fuel spills, you know, you're filling the gas cans and stuff. You get a little sloppy stuff on the ground. You want to clean it up because that vapor can Right, that combust. vapor is flammable. And these are things to think about. Plus, pre-real, probably out smoking cigars in the end of the world. I mean... I assume that's what I'm, I'm going to be doing. Yeah. So, you know, I can't help but think, you know, that's a possibility. So you want to be on top of spills. Uh, spills you're going to clean up with, like, sawdust. Uh, you can use old newspaper, whatever. And then you probably want to take that sawdust, sweep it up, take it over to the fire mm-hmm. and, and get rid of it. Um, but that's, uh, you know, that's what you want to know about. Keeping the yard clear. Right. Did you right. have any... Oily rags and that sort of stuff. Now, um, you want to just start we'll start talking about uh, some brush fire stuff? Sure. All right. So, basic, basic brush fire, you know, I think guys out there in California understand how dangerous that can be, how quickly that can escalate. Um, some of the other areas where it's a little bit more damp, it's still still a danger when it's, uh, you know, when it's dry out. Um so if you have a brush fire in your backyard and it's coming towards your house, you know, what are you going to do about it? We'll start – first thing you want to do is is take out the hot spots, you know. Anything that's around the perimeter, you're going to want to get that taken care of first, you know. Big logs, bushes, things that can emit sparks that can start a, a second fire. Okay. So you're going to take that stuff out. Um, if the hot spot's in the middle of the fire and you can't get to it, then don't worry about it. You know, just move on. You want to build, start by building a fire line. With right now, that's like digging a trench. Yeah, digging a trench. You can dig or it up, creating a water barrier if right. we have excess water. Mm-hmm. But not right. You know, I mean, and the if you're digging, digging a trench, is a lot better if you yeah. don't have water. You're going to need for the firefighting. Right. Now you can beat a fire down with a shovel. Okay, you know, but you can also uh, dig a trench along an area. You know, dig down so you're hitting dirt, not, yeah. you know. Yeah, we're not talking about deep. You don't need to dig right. a foot trench. You need to clear the crap off the top right. so it's not flammable. And when you're digging the trench, uh, keep in mind that that stuff that you're digging out of there should go towards the fire, not away from it. Because you don't like want to it. dig up any sparks <clears throat> and, you know, throw them in the, in the part of the, the area you're trying to protect. You might even send the kids out with some rakes, have them scraping away, you know, mm-hmm. anything. Move stuff away from what you want to keep. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to want to start your fire line where the fire is advancing fastest. But, you know, don't get up on the side of a hill, you know, above the fire 
and and end up getting your ass caught on fire. Always have an escape plan when you're dealing with a fire, you know? I like the escape plan. All right. Um, now, once you get your fire beat down a bit, All right. you're going to have to keep an eye on it because, you know, even a day or two later, that fire can start back up. You know, um, I was watching a TV show. What is it called? Uh, Pioneer Quest. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it's it. It's on Hulu. You should check it out. It's right. uh, um, two couples are staying out in, uh, I think it's near Winnipeg up in okay. Canada. Yep. And uh, they're living um, basically with only Pioneer tools on a piece of land that, you know, has never been uh, been worked on. And they're, you know, basically 18th century uh equipment that they're dealing with nice um one of the things that happened though is they had a uh, a pig pen and they had a fire pit and um they had burned some material the day before and moved on to something else and then they heard the pig squeal on the next day and ran over there and realized that fire had started back up and caught the pig pen on fire and burned that pig so bad they had to you know they had to put it down bacon they ended up i think burying it because it was uh it had a bunch of like babies, or you know, was pregnant, and I think it was just going to be end up being a big burnt up, mess. nasty butchering job that nobody wanted to deal with. Yeah, I hear you. No, and that's it. And that's you know, guess what? You know, fire burns your resources, mm-hmm. and this is something you need to be aware of. Um, in the Navy, firefighting was a huge thing. You know, almost everybody was on the fire party kind right. of thing. You know, I. I can't imagine you'll talk to a sailor who wasn't at some point involved with the fire party yeah. on the ship. And like like Kevin's saying now that one of the jobs in the fire party was the investigator. And the investigator was somebody who would take a uh, staff and basically go back and poke and pull apart everything that burned, feeling around for the hot spots. Mm-hmm. Um Kind of, you know, looking around in and then putting their hand close and checking it out and looking for anything that, you know, mm-hmm. might flare up and be a problem later. So. That's right. Now, uh, we should touch touch on real quick um, fire extinguishers. I got it. I think that's, uh, you know, that's an important uh, step one for your now, firefighting uh, All right. If situation. nothing else, I, I know there's a million things we tell you to spend your money on. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it, it's crazy. There, There's so many areas to worry about. But at the very, very minimum, you're going to need a fire extinguisher in your kitchen. Yep. Um, or wherever, you know, you're doing your cooking yeah. at. And, and you can get a really cheap uh, fire extinguisher that sprays water. That's not the one you want in your kitchen, though. No. So there are three types. It's A, B, and C. Right. So A is for anything that leaves ash. Mm-hmm. So that's like your, uh, you know, paper and cardboard and whatever. Basically, that's your water fire mm-hmm. extinguisher that Kevin's talking about. Now, B is for liquid fires. Um, so that's like your grease fire. That's your, uh, you know, I don't spilt gasoline, fuel that you didn't spilt clean fuel up. you didn't clean, that kind of stuff. And then C is electrical fire. Mm-hmm. I guess they tell you to remember, like, C is for current. And that okay. kind of thing. Because you sprayed the water on the electrical fire, mm-hmm. it's not going to end well. Now, now, you can use a C fire extinguisher for any type of fire. Well, yeah, they'll usually say ABC mm-hmm. for when it's good for everything. Right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm with you. You're, you're putting out paper with, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
With yeah, those, of course, are a little bit more expensive, but, you know, that's that's something you should invest in. So that for your kitchen. And those little ones, I mean, it's good enough for, you know, your pot catches on fire or whatever. But I got to tell you, being able to react quickly is going to make a huge difference versus, oh, I have to go get the hose and run around back in the house or mm-hmm. whatever you're going to try and rig up. By then, it's already, you know, engulfed your kitchen and mm-hmm. the drapes are on fire and... I don't know. It, it, it ends badly. So, like I said, you want to think about debris. Mm-hmm. You want to have tools to, you know, to keep things away. So let's uh, talk about some kinds of tools and things you'd want to do. So sand, dirt, great mm-hmm. for putting out fire. Right. Um, fire blankets. Mm-hmm. Now, think uh, military surplus, those uh, wool blankets. Yeah, those are good. Those for are it. great for uh, putting out fires. Um, basically, if somebody uh, catches on fire, all right, and you got those wool blankets, you can, you know, smother them. But they make a point that, uh, you know, when your pant legs catch on fire or whatever, don't run over and throw the blanket around the guy. Because the flames end up rising up and you end up putting it all in their face. Mm-hmm. So you want the guy to like drop on the ground like that whole stop, drop, and roll. Right. And then you're going to come and get on top of them with the blanket. So just kind of think about that before you act. I don't know. Maybe that'll help somebody not get some face burns. That would be cool, right? Mm-hmm. Have them lay down. Um, Nobody wants to look at you after you have when, when, nah, burnt up Burns face. are just gross. Yeah. I mean, Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. come on. Now, nobody wants that. So, basically, another thing, you're going back in to fight a fire. You got something going on. You're going to want, like, wet towels. Mm-hmm. Um, You would put, like, wet towels in, like, the door cracks and things like that anywhere the smoke's going to come through. Um, As far as you and protecting yourself, you know, T-shirt, whatever, you want to make, like, a bandana. Mm-hmm. And... They say you really want to breathe through your nose will actually protect you a lot more than straight into your throat breathing through your mouth. Okay. So you want to put a bandana over your face to, you know, block mm-hmm. out some of the smoke, but then be breathe. try and breathe through the nose. They say a good trick to kind of do that is uh to like bite on the the bandana. Like okay. put that in your mouth so that way it kind of forces you to breathe through your nose, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't have to think about it. Um Basically, firefighting attire. Wanted to talk about that. All right. Um, you, the big thing is you don't want anything synthetic. It heats up and it and ends melts. up melting on you. Right. Um, so you're looking for like leather boots mm-hmm. are usually the way to go. Um, cotton t-shirts, uh, denim jeans are fine, no problem. Um, you really want to stick with you know your cotton stuff or anything that mm-hmm. you know is or a leather. natural. Yep leather material Mm -hmm. uh you want to know batman had that asbestos underwear that that, kept him safe yeah i mean somehow that protected his entire body if you're wearing a rubber suit Mm -hmm. that's gonna end bad but if you got the asbestos underneath Mm -hmm. yeah yeah see i'm thinking all right you have uh another thing you're gonna want goggles Mm -hmm. you want eye protection at a minimum but Goggles, if you have something that like actually encloses in around the sides, mm-hmm. like your old, you know, weed whacker goggles or whatever, that's going to keep the smoke out of your eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to help you be able to see maybe, 
but you're not going to be irritated and, you know, aggravating your eyes. Mm. So that's a big thing. I got to say, um, radios are really useful when you're fighting fires if you can kind of do it. Mm. You know, if you got somebody outside watching your back, I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a fire, but it gets noisy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know that the radios would really be that effective just because I don't know that you'd hear it mm-hmm. with all your gear and everything over it. Right. But at least being able to call out and check in or whatever mm-hmm. is better than nothing. But don't be surprised if you're calling to your buddy in the fire and he doesn't hear you because right. it's a lot going on there. You also probably want flashlights. Being able to see it's one more thing to cut through the smoke and, and kind of help out. So you want to think about that. Um, now tools, uh, different things like, so let's say you're setting up a kind of off grid fire party. All right. Right. Like, um, I I don't mean we're going to have a party with fire. I mean, that sounds fun and I might be interested. You might Mm -hmm. invite me over, but what I'm getting at is, uh, you know, so you and your neighbors, there's four houses or whatever. And you're like, Hey, you know, we got to have a backup plan for a little fire department, help each other out. I don't know if you've seen any of those old shows, uh, Little House on the Prairie and different things. They've had mm-hmm. fires and everybody kind of comes together and and helps out because guess what? It's you guys or, right. you know, or that's it. So basically you're going to want to have rakes. Like I said, you're going to want to be able to get away debris mm-hmm. and sort through stuff. You're going to want decent ladders that you have access to. Right. Um. You were talking about uh, you always need an exit plan. Mm -hmm. And if you're going up on your roof or whatever to, you know, spray and fight fires and do whatever, having a ladder on the opposite side of the fire. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you come up on the far side of the house away from the fire. Right. Then you go towards it. You have that ladder behind you. So you always have an escape route. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something you're going to want to think about. Shovels, chainsaws. Uh, when you were talking about uh, like the kind of forest fire coming in fast, being able to cut down trees and move debris out of the way quickly, it's going to be a you know huge asset. Mm-hmm. You're going to want hose, which are great for you know digging those trenches we were talking about, making your fire line, mm-hmm. uh, axes to be able to get through the house, kind of thing. Um, sprinklers. Now sprinklers are kind of a cool thing, and I've heard about people setting up like braces on the roof of their house. Now, again, is this something I'd do if I lived in the city? No, I mm-hmm. don't even really care. I'm like, you know what? The fire department's going to handle it. I'm not worried about it. But when that house is my shelter and my means of survival and all my stockpiles and, and survival gear is inside, it's kind of important. I protect it. And setting up like braces for sprinklers mm-hmm. so that you can kind of load them up on the roof Maybe you leave them there permanent year round. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Still would, if that's the case, it's got to be something you're checking on every Mm -hmm. six months. Right. And you're going to have to have a water supply to feed it by gravity, right? That's a given. So, well, gravity, or if you think, oh, well, I got a generator and I'm going to be able to keep that well going. Cool. And we're going to talk about pumps in a minute. But, um, yeah, so the sprinklers, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, now the sprinklers you can get. Yeah. That, uh, you know, just automatically uh, automatically run when they reach a certain temperature, right? So They do have that. So, I mean, that's not something you have to turn on. It's something that would just be 
there ready to go if you had a water supply. And, you know, I mean, honestly, how hard would it be to, say, put some brackets and run a hose right up alongside of your chimney mm-hmm. and then kind of run it straight along the peak of your your roof there, roof mm-hmm. line, and set a sprinkler every 10 feet? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it'd be that hard where, you know, I know in my house we do a lot of gardening and stuff like that. So my hose nozzle has like a four-way spreader, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And if you left one just connected to there that you could just turn on mm-hmm. and that's got the roof handled. Right. You know, that's something right there. Uh, I had mentioned in a previous episode about uh, one of the guys left his yard sprinklers on when the the forest fires came in California. And it ended up saving his house Mm because just keeping things wet. Because things don't naturally catch on fire. They do when they're really dry. Right. And if you can do, you know, that little bit to keep things from being so combustible. Because an ash flying through the air and landing in your, you know, damp yard isn't going to do anything. Right. Whereas an ash, you know, where it's just... Dry leaves, just ready mm-hmm. to go. Brown grass, and that's there you go. that's a completely different story. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I actually will burn, you know, debris, and I'm I'm pretty paranoid. I I usually only burn like paper products and that kind of stuff if it's either just rained, like within an hour, mm-hmm. or it's raining at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, there are days that I'm home and I'm like, oh, I got some cardboard I want to get rid of. Cool, it's raining. Let me go out and just take care of it. Right. I I do that because, you know what, I don't have to think twice. Mm -hmm. You know, I know we're good. It's not going to, that ash isn't going to fly away and whatever. But when it hasn't rained in 10 days, Mm -hmm. it makes a big difference. And they say, like, if you're burning in your fire pit, you should clear, you know, like 10 yards of dry debris. Right. I'm not saying dirt for 10 yards. I'm just saying big combustible stuff, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I usually um, um, keep a couple of five-gallon buckets next to my fire pit, you know, especially during the summer. Yeah, I mean, my, my fire pit's probably 20 feet from a hose, so mm-hmm. I'm not as worried. But, like, I'll watch the ashes. I used to be really paranoid. You know, I'd make a fire, and you see the ashes go up, and you see them glowing for mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20 feet up in the air. And I'll run over and kind of catch it with my hand. Mm-hmm. And they're usually not hot, not anything. Mm-hmm. You're pretty good after like 20 feet. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really need to worry about it. But again, the right conditions, you mm-hmm. know, when things are dry or the wind hits it just right and things can end badly, mm-hmm. you know, and they get out of hand quick and it gets scary. So another thing I wanted to talk to you about. So. You kind of, you know, I was I was getting on this uh, off-grid fire department kind of thing, fire party, you mm-hmm. know, having something with your neighbors. So it wouldn't hurt to put together like a fire truck. Right. An um, old beater. Now, uh, yeah, I'm talking about an old pickup. You get them for 500 bucks, whatever. Doesn't need to pass inspection. Just need to be able to move it around the yard. And maybe it's a fire wagon that you tow with your tractor. Mm-hmm. Maybe you tow it with your pickup. You know, whatever. But if you can get a big water tank on there, that'd be pretty cool. If you had a pond or a water feature in your property, that'd be pretty cool. If you have a kid's swimming pool, 
if you went and got one of those $199 Walmart swimming pools and set it up and left it full of water, how much more of an asset would that be for you, you mm -hmm. know, in an off-grid kind of situation like that, to have yeah. that water feature if you didn't have the pond, if you didn't have, you know, a well that you could control. Mm -hmm. These things, you Just know, a heads up, that $199 Walmart pool. Yes. Not designed for sex. No? You'd... It's a little bit embarrassing when you realize you're laying out in the lawn all wet with no clothes on. Just a heads up. Were there high-pitched screams or squeals? No? It just uh, it happens catastrophically and fast. You right. know? <laughs> yeah. One second, you know, I'm doing my thing. The next second, I'm just laying out in the wet lawn. So That could be awkward. Yeah. So, all right, something to think about there. So they sell these things called uh, water totes. Mm -hmm. Now, they're basically um, big plastic containers. I see them. They'll sell them where it comes like on a pallet with a metal cage around it to keep it from bulging out and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and they hold about, you know, they vary, uh, 250, 275 gallons, uh -huh. even 300, somewhere in that neighborhood. And they're actually, some are stackable. And you can tie them together. You know, they'll feed one into the other, mm -hmm. things like that. But um, so with stuff like that one, it's great for your potable water storage. Mm -hmm. But it can also be great if you can get it up somewhere kind of high. And this is what I would throw on my wagon or my, you know, whatever, um, the back of my pickup truck that I have set up for my fire vehicle. Mm -hmm. um, the... Uh, now, if you get this up in a high enough place, you can have a gravity feed down. You're not really running an awesome fire hose off gravity and mm -hmm. whatever, but it's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. um, now, there are pumps. Um, you can buy an electric pump that'll, like a seven horsepower pump mm -hmm. that will move something basically like 150 gallons a minute, mm -hmm. like 200 bucks. Now... All the things, like maybe you don't buy that extra AR-15 and you spend 800 bucks. You're being crazy. On fire parties. You're stuff. being crazy now. Because I got to tell you, if you can throw a hose mm -hmm. in the uh, water and, you know, in your pond, in your swimming pool, in your Walmart swimming pool, whatever mm -hmm. it is, and you throw this pump and you buy a nozzle and you buy a second hose to be fireman Joe... The only thing to think about is when you buy that 300-gallon water container, mm -hmm. remember back in your head I said you can pump 150 gallons a minute. Mm -hmm. So think of how much water right. we're talking about here. So now, again, you can limit and mm -hmm. use your fire hose, but don't think you're going to be like the fire engine right? unless you got a big pond. Right, unless you got something to feed it. Unless mm -hmm. you're ready to really put that pond you know, on to work. So that's something to think about there. Now, I actually looked online for, uh, like, home firefighting systems. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because all the things I was looking at were between 2500 and, like, $3,500. Right. And it would be a cart with a pump and, like, a coiled-up hose and a nozzle and a hose to throw in the water. And it was, like, $3,700. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but... I don't get it. So I, I started looking at the specs, and it was a seven-horsepower pump, 
mm-hmm. and I go on Amazon and I can buy that pump for 199 bucks mm-hmm. and the hoses are about 30 bucks and the nozzles about 30 bucks and I think you could put together your whole system for at most 400 bucks mm-hmm. um, versus 400 bucks a side of your water totes right and those I've seen used. I've seen them at Craigslist. I see people giving them away for free, mm-hmm. right. um, especially those, if you don't care about potable water kind right. of thing. And those plastic drums, those fifty-five gallon drums, fifty-five gallon drum does you can not find cost. them pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. and you could easy. put a couple of those in series. Mm-hmm. You do want to put a cap on them, which they do come with usually. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to secure the cap because otherwise they become kind of mosquito breeding grounds, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, especially if you're not worried about potable water, you can get those tanks no problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you work out your own little firefighting system with the pump, the hoses, I mean, I just, I've never heard another prepper show or anybody talking about, you know, firefighting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, that really sounds pretty important to me. Right. It's kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um. So once I got thinking about this, I was like, you know, this really seems like something I need to work into my preps. Now, there's one more thing that we never mentioned way back. And again, I've never thought about this. Um, How cool would you be if you put four or five smoke alarms in your Faraday cage? Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, You know, they take up almost no space. Mm Mm-hmm. And because, you know, we talked about what does a garbage can cost, mm-hmm. you know, and you can go back and, and research or I think we even have a bit video on our YouTube channel on how to put together a Faraday cage. We do. For about 30 bucks, you can store all the radios, all the everything you want if you buy a full size garbage can mm-hmm. and throw some smoke alarms in there with it. Have some extra batteries and I assume you can get rechargeable uh, nine volt. Mm hmm. But maybe you can find a battery one or yeah smoke alarms that work off double A's or something like that or triple A's. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they're all just freaking nine volt. I don't know. But you know what? Guess what? What does this smoke alarm battery last a year? So buy a package of ten freaking nine volt batteries. Yeah, and say good. these are for my smoke alarms. Yeah, and you're good. But you know how cool are you? When smoke alarm goes off and you don't all burn to death mm-hmm. or you don't wake up after your babies are already trapped and dead, mm-hmm. you know, that's not something you want to live with because you're like, oh, well, 20 bucks, that sounds like a big deal. I don't want to spend it. And, mm-hmm. you know, so smoke alarms in the Faraday cage. And I think that's me. I don't think I've ever heard a prepper ever mention putting the smoke, alarm smoke in the alarms Faraday cage. in the Faraday cage. I'll take credit. You can thank me on that one. Um, But that's pretty much what I got. I mean, I'm sure you can go online and find a bunch of neat ideas on on how to uh, fight fires. With, uh, But those are the basic tools I would look for. I would do a little research. I mean, I I know we were kind of trained as firefighters in the the military. Um, When you're spraying the hose, you want to shoot at the base of the fire. Um, you know, right where the flame's coming from. You want to spread it. One of the uh, secrets they always taught us was you get the newbies fighting the fires. They always are like, oh, shit, I'm burning up. The heat's so bad. So they'll spray their boots and their legs a little bit 
And then what they don't realize is if you're that hot that it's coming through your clothes, all that turns to steam mm-hmm. and it burns the shit out of you. So that that's a little secret of the pros right there. Uh-huh. You don't want to do that. And as we mentioned, having, you know, the rubber soles and all that stuff, you know, you got to you hope for the best, you know, synthetic materials are going to do you in. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, that's what I got on firefighting. Okay. That now, sounds uh sounds pretty good. Now, we've seen a couple of uh, things that have preppers on edge in this last uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple of things going on. All right. So uh, I guess NASA was worried about some solar flares and solar storms. Mm-hmm. Looks like we survived that. We survived it. Uh-huh. All right. I so think we're, we're good on that. True, but, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, also, um, exciting news from uh, um, the super volcano out in Yellowstone. How'd that work out? Rumbling. It's oh, rumbling. it's still rumbling. Yep. All right. Still happening. So, I mean, if you're concerned, if you live in North America, best bet to survive that. Um, Shovel to survive it roof? well. No, I would I would go immediately to Yellowstone and hope that you're at ground zero when it happens. Otherwise, you're just going to have a miserable a couple of years while you starve to death. Years? All right. Or I think that my Patriot Supply has the uh, one month of food for $99. Ooh, good time to get on that. However, I think that deal expires on the day we release this episode. All right. So, Never mind that. I hope you're a newbie. Uh, you know, you're one of these gung-ho, uh, or as my wife says, gung-ho is the correct pronunciation. Yeah, it is the correct pronunciation. We won't, we won't get in there. But uh, you might want to uh, check into that long-term food storage. Mm-hmm. It is hard to grow when... The ground is covered with uh, acidic ash, uh-huh. and, uh, and the, the sun's sun blacked is blocked out. out. Mm-hmm. So you know, whatever. Uh, if you are looking though for a um, a new bug out location, okay, in Canada, I see uh, I see there's one for sale. Oh, uh, big news! This is a, a bug out cottage. This is a Muskoka, um, which is outside of Ontario. Okay, uh, five bedrooms, a loft, two kitchens, two bathrooms. Uh, private beach, and comes with a 30-day zombie-free warranty. I like it. So, you know, after the 30 days, you're on your own with the zombies, but it is on its own personal island, so I do like so it you're island. right. So if you're looking for a bug-out location, you're in Ontario, maybe check that one out. All right. Um, you can uh, email Kevin at preppingbadass at gmail.com if you need more details on <laughs> let that. Let me know. And Kevin would be happy to explain what happens when the zombies get you and you want to cash in and on you, that And you have that warranty. Yeah, what happens then? So, um, Blue's Clues. Oh, tell me about Blue. Do you remember You remember the, the Nickelodeon show, Blue's sure, Clues, Steve. with the, with the yep. kids? Yep. And the, or the uh, little dog. And I think there was a dog, Magenta. There is, yes. Right. And um, my kid was always into that one. They're revamping it, starting it up again. Um, the two front runners for um, for the host is Steve, the original guy. Uh, well, the second to original guy. The I think the original guy was a I don't know was a uh, a pillhead. Something no happened there. That happens. Uh, number two on the list, though, John Cena. Sure. So I'm rooting for John Cena. Are you? But Steve did challenge John Cena to a wrestling match to see who would. 
who would actually be the host. Well, now that I can't see that working out well for Steve. Wrestling, unless the loser. Though, so maybe John Cena. <laughs> maybe he's gonna throw it. Maybe the loser gets it. I don't know how this is gonna work out works. for Steve, but um, so there's that. Keep that in mind, and uh, we'll keep our eyes on that. All right. Um, also, it seems like uh, Russia is just poisoning everybody now. Yeah, that's some kind of act of war, isn't that? Yeah, I mean, I think poisoning citizens of another country with weapons of mass destruction, I think that's... They frown on that? That's right up there on that list. You know? All right. So Chemical warfare is people, not really... Uh, and they're like, oh, 21 people, they were just injured. Mm-hmm. Now, what does injured mean when it's VX nerve gas? Yeah, I don't think that's something that you want to be injured by. It's not no. something like, oh, you just need to, you know, have Walk put on this off. oxygen mask. You'll be Walk all right. Off. No, that's permanent. That shit is permanent damage. <laughs> they were like, oh, you'll never have a job again. Mm-hmm. You'll pretty yeah. much die. A You're gonna sit on a couch for the rest of your life that's... watching Comedy Central and. Well, having a hard sounds, time not twitching. Sounds like so. Well, the not twitching part. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you had me a little bit. I was like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. maybe, you know. We, uh, you know, being proper, we could watch Doomsday Preppers. Right. Till the, you mm-hmm. know, till the end. But I guess, I guess after you're poisoned with uh, nerve gas, you're kind of like, well, I kind of missed the boat on the prepping thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it's move a little on, bit You may as well late. just watch Comedy Central. Yeah. You know, a little death clock or whatever. Whatever you're into. All right. Now, it also appears that the Middle East um, are running ads in the paper saying that, you know, if we could all get together, which is kind of ironic because they can't all they get can't together. They can't get together. But if we could all get together and gang up on Israel, there's a lot more of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... The prospect of World War Three is not exciting to me. No. But, no. I mean, if uh, everybody invades Israel, I think the United States is in on that, and then Russia comes in on that. Syria is involved. And Iran. Iran. Saudi Arabia. England. I think there's a whole whole mess there. So becomes us. And what's weird is, like, I haven't really seen anything. I knew, like, the Middle East would be pissed, but they're... They're making the argument, well, it's because America, you know, uh, recognized Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And they make it like that's a big deal. But I kind of feel like if you're so mad at somebody that you're like, you know what? I want to hijack planes and fly it into the World Trade Towers. Mm-hmm. I feel like how could you be like, but now I'm really pissed. <laughs> you know, We've what? been trying to kill you. <laughs> Kill everybody in your country for that thirty years, thing, but now we but really now want to you've do it. done it. Uh-huh. You know, I just feel like that's yeah, something's just off there. Yeah, like how are you? I mean, like, it's all right. I think Chuck and I both have fatwas on us at this point. But what are uh, you gonna do? Well, you know, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm sure they even download an in episode. They gotta listen first. Is the problem? Well, don't we have don't we have somebody that keeps downloading in Saudi Arabia? I think we do. I think they're Sunnis, though. Sunnis. I don't know about Iran, though. That's Those are the, the guys I worry about. Well, what I would say is they need to set up a good fire party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, so there's that. Um, What else? So, well, Russia, now how is this escalating? So Russia ended up with their nerve agents, which they deny, and they're right. like, you need but to send us a sample. But they're the only people sample. that make the, this nerve agent. Right. But they're like, if you sent us a sample, we could maybe verify 
if it's ours. I mean, we're not going to show you ours, mm -hmm. but we could compare Even them. though they don't have any. They destroyed all theirs. They don't have any. Five years ago. Yeah. So England's like, well, you know, we're thinking your ambassadors, we're going to kick them the hell out of our country. Mm -hmm. And Russia's like, well, if you do that, then we might have to have a little cyber warfare going on. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder if these things escalate a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. They, it sounds like a slippery slope, if mm -hmm. you will. Yeah, and Russia, it seems like, uh, has a little bit of experience with the uh, cyber warfare, along with poisoning people with uh, strangely specific well, toxic poison chemicals. That, or they toxic could just— Poison toxic, that's the same thing. Sounds, sounds bad either way. <laughs> well, it sounds like Russia might be able to just get them with Facebook ads. Right. Bombard them. Yeah. Bombard them. Get rid of this bitch May. That yep. See? Facebook it, like it, <laughs> share it. So with that, I think that's what we got for today. Um, stay safe. You have any good ideas? Do you want to shoot us an email again, Kevin, at, or just preppingbadass at gmail dot com? Right, and Kevin, and I I will take care. Kevin of Kevin will take care of it. Um, also, you uh, might want to head over to Patreon. Show us a little love. Um, you might want to be sponsor the show a little bit and ensure that we're able to keep the lights on and keep these great episodes coming. Mm -hmm. Our vast knowledge and research, it's it knows no bounds. That's right. So you also may want to head over to iTunes or wherever you're downloading this podcast and leave a review and say, hey, you know, those guys are pretty swell. Mm -hmm. You might want to write that, those exact we words. Do, we could use some uh, new reviews we have. I haven't had any uh, lately. All right. And, you know, whatever. Maybe you want to talk about how awesome we are. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. So Maybe you want to send us an email and tell us how awesome we're not. That's also all right. People do do that. Mm -hmm. Or uh, actually, my experience has been you like to go on Facebook <laughs> and tell us how awesome we're not. But with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. created by man don't miss wild country wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m eastern presented by primos speak the language waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment one of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on waypoint tv don't miss primos truth about hunting wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave.
Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.